T-minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. And as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. Today on the podcast, I have a guest, Yossi Ronan, who is joining me today to talk about the Lou Elizondo interview with Debrief. Uh, the Debrief interview was um, very interesting. Uh, Lou mentions one thing in the interview that sort of struck me, and it also struck Yossi Ronan as something new and something very um, important. Um, he basically wondered what is going on. He contacted me. I said, I noticed the same thing in the interview. And um, so today we're going to talk about the interview. We're going to play a little portion of the interview. And um, it's the part of the interview where Lou Alexandra starts to talk about um, uh, off-world, on-world, um, non-duality. Uh, things may not be uh, dual, black and white. Uh, it's more complex than that. I've been saying this for a number of years, and uh, where we seem to be going with this is this idea that this thing may not be as physical as we think it is. It may not. It may be much more spiritual than we think it is. It may be a thousand times more complex. And Lou went there. He started to say, "Well, let's go down the rabbit hole," and he was talking in speculation. But for people who have um, been studying this aspect of consciousness and UFO phenomena, this has been a question for quite a while. One example of that was um, Kit Green, who uh, ran the weird desk at the CIA, telling Jim Peniston that um, the study that he was involved with for the Department of Defense was looking at how does the phenomena pop in and pop out just as quickly. Uh, we're talking about um, something that may not be uh, aliens flying here on spacecraft. It may be a little more complex than that. So this is uh, Lou is talking about this. Um, there's kind of strange things. I always believe that this is sort of, they're dropping this material. Um, I can go back to the 2017 experience where, uh, the New York Times talks about how Leslie Kane got the meeting with Lou Elizondo. And in that meeting, uh, Ralph Blumenthal described December 18th New York Times article that Leslie Kane met with seven, several present and former intelligence officers, officers, office officials and a defense contractor in Washington. So um, I've maintained that this stuff is being dropped, and it appears that now um, the idea that this thing may not be as physical as we think it is uh, is out there. So we discussed this, um, and it fits very much into a story that I've just gotten um, about a another Zendra experience in Mount Shasta in August of last year, uh, which would people be know as portals, this idea that they are popping in and popping out of portals, 
this interdimensional thing. The 2020 experience has nine uh, witnesses being levitated in one of these um, portal Zendra uh, events with hundreds of beings around them. So um, this is, I think, where we're going to end up with this UFO phenomena. And Lou goes there. So uh, enjoy the interview with Yossi Ronan. Uh, both of us were um, very shocked at, um, at this statement coming out because it's really not been discussed. I think it's probably the biggest thing that, if this is being dropped by the government, it's the biggest thing they've ever dropped. Um, I did talk to one um, a person who has inside knowledge about the government, about um, the portal thing after the 2020 case, because they know about the Zendra thing at Mount Shasta. And um, I talked to him about it, about doing an interview, and his statement to me was, it's about time this thing got out. So I don't know if that's related to uh, what Lou Elizondo said, but I guess we have to be thankful to Lou Elizondo for putting this out. Uh, I would pay close attention. This is very, very important, this this idea that he talks about non-duality and it may not be as physical and as off-world as we think it is. Okay, welcome to uh, my podcast, and um, today I have a special guest, uh, Yossi Ronan, who is a friend of mine. We've had a number of interviews. Um, He's published his book called One, which is, I think, one of the most important messages there is in terms of understanding what's going on with the UFO intelligence, the UFO phenomena. And um, a couple days ago, um, there was an interview published with um, Lou Elizondo, and it was done with the debrief. And um, I, as I will, as I mentioned in the intro, I believe this was kind of set up a set up interview that was arranged. And um, uh, Yossi and I both noticed something in the interview, and uh, he contacted me. Uh, it stuck out to me, and so we're going to talk about part of the interview today, and something that we noticed in the interview that we think is probably significant that people should. Maybe pay attention to what Lou Elizondo was saying. So, uh, how you doing, Yossi? Thank you for joining me, and uh, thank you for contacting me about this, because I am I thought maybe I was the only one that noticed this was going on. <laughs> yes, thank you for inviting me uh, for this very interesting subject. Uh, the same, I, when I saw that uh, interview, I was amazed that, uh, you know, a bridge of the government getting inside this rabbit hole that we were talking about all the time. Yeah. And it was amazing that he's like speaking almost the same words that we <laughs> talked about. So it's going to be interesting to open it, I think. Yeah, and I, th- I think it was significant that when she asked the question, he basically said, no, 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 no. And he said, let's go down a rabbit hole. And he basically turns the question around uh, he volunteered it. So it wasn't that she asked him about this subject. She was saying off-world. Is it here or off-world? And he said, no, 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 hang on. And he pulls it back. Yeah. And, and that's what the significant part. So let's let's talk about what you, what your interpretation of what you heard in terms of what he said mm-hmm. and why it's important. 
Well, he, he was talking about, uh, he begins with our way of thinking. Yeah. And that makes the, the problem for us to understand the wider range of that phenomenon. Uh, I thought maybe we, we can do it in, our, in this post uh, gave him, to give this video a couple of minutes of his, of his talking about that. I can do that. I yeah, I, I can add that in there if you want. Sure. Have um, you got it? Have you got it there? Or should, do you want me to add it into the podcast? I I get I, I have it ready now. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, let's do that. And maybe I will share it, and after that we will talk about it. Okay. What do you think? Yes. Okay. Let's see if it plays. If we can hear it. There we go. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. You can. You got to make that? sure you click the audio thing. Yeah. Okay. Turn up the sound. You can hear it? Just barely, though. I think a lot of times, for us as human beings, it's an either-or situation. It's, it's either from here or it's from the plane or somewhere else. Good. And I think, to, I think a lot of times we're asking the wrong question. I, I think we tend to be, as, as human beings, we're... We're, we're binary creatures. What do I mean by that? Well, some scientists have speculated that we are cardiosocial animals. The first nine months of every month, we're going to plus or minus a month or two, and everybody's life is spent in our mother's womb. And the only sound experience that we have of, 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 of life is this rhythm of our, our mother's heart. It's on off. That's it. And because of that, some scientists are speculating. We look at everything in the universe uh, as, as a binary question. And, and if you look how we behave, you know, you ask somebody a question. Even our questioning is usually binary. Is it hot? Are you hot or are you cold? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it black? Is it white? Is it up? Is it down? Is it north? Is it south? Right? But nature doesn't really work that way. We, our brains work that way, but that's not really how Mother Nature works. Um, you know, Mother Nature works in zigzags and diagonals and, and straight lines. And, and so I guess my point being is that, you know, we ask the question, is this something from, if it's not from here, it must be from outer space. Well, that's not necessarily so. There's a lot of other options that we need to consider. And, you know, this is something that could be, as some people have proposed, interdimensional. Now, what, I don't mean interdimensional in a woo-woo sense. I mean interdimensional in a quantum physics sense. 99% of the universe, we will never be able to perceive or interact. 99%. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, because we sit right in the middle of the scale of the universe. You have this infinitely huge universe that's beyond our reach and this infinitely small universe inside of us that we, we can't interact with. We're kind of stuck in the middle and we're using five elementary senses to judge our environment, touch, taste, hear, smell, and you know, see. And if, if we can't, if we can't, if we can't interact with the universe in those five rudimentary senses, then we'll never know it's there. And yet, all around us, we know there's this reality that that we'll never perceive. There's right now Wi-Fi signals, radio signals, GPS signals coursing through our bodies, but because we can't perceive them. We can't interact with them. We need a technological device to help us do that. When you look at the universe with the human eye, you see a bunch of little 
sprinkly dots up in the sky, and you say, wow, how pretty. But when you look at it through a regular telescope, microwave, and infrared, and ultraviolet, all of a sudden, the whole universe lights up, and you see things that you've never seen before. Okay, So my point being is that we tend to look at things in extreme, and we say, if it's, you know, if, if, it's, if it's not from here, if the congressional report says it's not from here and it's from outer space, now what? Well, what if it doesn't say that? What if it says that, you know, these things are, are potentially something that is interdimensional that we explain through quantum physics? What if, what if, what if it says these things have always been here? In fact, they're more natural to Earth than we are. We're just now at the point where technologically we can interact with these things to some degree. But what if, what if they're more natural to Earth than, than, than us humans, right? Maybe we're the aliens. Yeah. So I, I'm being speculative here and, and, and uh, hyperbolic for a reason. But I, I wouldn't encourage people to think beyond the terms of just either or, either from or from outer space or off the world, because that's not necessarily, that's one option, but there's other options there. And I think in order to even begin to answer that question, we need more data. We need, we need, we need much more data. And we need to make this a comprehensive conversation, including best scientists, best academics, yes or best philosophers. This is a conversation that involves all of us, each and every one of us, not just the Department of Defense, not just the intelligence community. Yeah, from a national security perspective, they should be involved. But from the other perspectives, not so much. You know, maybe that's a question that, that doesn't even concern the U.S. government, whether or not it's from off war or not. Maybe, is it a threat or not? And if it's not, then we're not going to worry about it. If it is, then we're going to worry about it. It doesn't matter the origin. It doesn't matter where it's from. And so, again, uh, I don't want to be, be hyperbolic here, but I think it's important that we go down just a little bit of, of that, that rabbit hole because I'm not sure it's an either or or a binary solution. Imagine if how inefficient it would be if you, in order to get to work, you can only get to work by taking a series of left or right turns. You can never go straight, right? take you a long time to get to work. Uh, so so that binary way of thinking isn't necessarily, it's helpful for us as humans and probably the scientific reason is, is, is maybe because we are cardiosocial animals, but Mother Nature, you know, she has a vote. She doesn't have to abide by our rules. And so maybe, you know, maybe we just need to broaden our aperture a little bit about, uh, about uh, what we think could be. Um, okay, it's uh, it's uh, you think it's enough? Or, um, That's enough. Yeah, you you picked up exactly the same part I picked up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. The, uh, what do you think about that? Um, I think it's sort of like if the interview was arranged. Well, he wanted that out. He wanted. Um, and, and it's, it's sort of like he's doing a hypothetical. Let's go down the rabbit hole. But the, the idea is always that Lou Elizondo knows more than you and I and everybody else. And that maybe this is a leak. Maybe they want this out to get people thinking the, the correct way. And the significant thing is that you and I have been talking about this for a couple of years now. I've been talking about it for a long time. And that's we got it through different ways. Like you got it through your experience. I got it through some sort of noetic information and things like that, that this appears to be perhaps the answer to the whole problem, that it's really not off-world. It's not, you know, 
uh, what we think it is. We're making a bunch of wrong assumptions. Like I always make the idea that um, we've got a bunch of wrong blocks. So we used to think the world was flat. We used to think the sun went around the earth. We used to think we're at the center of the universe. And that's wrong block. And we were replacing all the wrong blocks. And now they're replacing one more wrong block. They say, this block is wrong. Take this block and put it in the equation. And it'll start to answer your questions. So it's a sort of a hint to tell us, we're not telling you to look this way, but maybe you should look this way. That's, I would, that's yeah. my impression of what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, the... the the, the, for me, the main thing that I was experiencing in the contact, and I try to uh, uh, talk about it in the book, and this is the main thing in the book, is the difference between their consciousness of the aliens that I experience and ours. And the difference is exactly what he talks about. The, the, the main difference is that their consciousness is open to understand reality with these both sides in the same time. They see, uh, li like you said, that we think uh, in a binary way. It's, it's the, the way the computer, uh, you, uh, the computer works. Uh, he's uh, calculating with these two opposites. Yeah, ones and zeros. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the aliens see reality totally different. Now we got used to uh, see reality with this binary uh, yeah. way of thinking. Yeah. That's why we have time past and present and future. And all of our life is really into that. And this is healthy for our usual life. But it seems that now we are in a situation that we have to go beyond that. And those visiting of the aliens really force us to understand what's going on and when, where we can go with our consciousness. And the thing is that, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the, I think the, the best way to, that I found that explain this binary thinking that we have now is really in the Bible. You know, I, I saw it in, in many other places, but I am concentrated on the Bible because most of the humanity now know these stories. Yeah. And it's uh, it's common for everyone, and it it is explained in the Bible. This thing of the binary thinking, profoundly beautiful, and it it uh, it's it's really written in the story of uh, Garden of Eden, when men and and women were at heaven, and their consciousness was connected to one, to God. The one, yeah. And uh, yes, and it's not a simple thing, you know, the name of God is one and all the Bible is talking about in the end of days, the name of the Lord going to be one. I mean, with this sentence, I go to the Bible a couple of years after the contact because I didn't, I didn't have the connection to the Bible because I only noticed the oneness and love. And I, I couldn't have 
thinking that it, in the Bible it's written because nobody told us that this is the thing. But when you see the story of God and Ovidian, you understand this uh, situation very profoundly. You know, the, the thing that made them fall from heaven was the tree of knowledge, good and bad. This is the binary thing. Yeah. Knowledge and good and thing, they are, they are all ways of our consciousness to notice reality. Yeah. And what made them fall from heaven was this consciousness was, that was broken to two sides. Yeah. Good and bad, fire and closed, just like he said. Yeah. Uh, exactly in the same way. Yeah. And when you... When you realize what is written there is that what made the the falling of you of the the source of humanity to to be in this uh, physical awareness is that they ate from that uh, good and bad, and from that uh, day on the consciousness started to be. Um, by dividing the good and bad and not not notice them together. So it became to be in dark and light and uh, each, everything that you look around you, you start to judge. It's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad. And then it became the way you live. And then it became to be parties of, of right and left. And, and now we are in a situation that this right and left is starting to be impossible that we understand that this uh, polarity is something that we cannot uh, continue with. Now, this this oneness and polarity is really amazing because you can see it even now. If we look at the at, at, at the computer itself, that we most of the time thought that our brain works like that, one and zero, on and off. The one that, uh, you know, Steve Jobs invented the way the computer can be used by everyone. The one and zero was invented by Alan Turing in the Second World War, and he invited the machine that can um, open the code of the Nazis by a machine that works like one and zero. And that machine was so successful that it was the origin of the computer. And then Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs wanted to invent a machine that can be used by everyone, yeah. not only the big computer of IBM. And in a vision that he had, he saw the windows. He saw the way that the screen can be shared by your uh, mouse and you can go in a window inside a window inside the window and started to use this language. Now the name of the his company is Apple. And the sentence is think different. <laughs> now make the connection. <laughs> I mean it's really funny, but I'm sure that he was thinking about that. He wanted to advertise his computer as the new thinking, as the the much wiser thing that human beings have. And really what the apple of good and bad did for us 
is the science, is the, the way to measure, is our brain that can uh, use this one and zero, this binary thinking to develop. But now we, we came to a point that it's the much, it, it was the developed so much that we use this uh, for, um, you know, to, to invent the atomic power. And we are now in the edge of, of uh, crossing that to the uh, quantum computer that works, that the idea of the memory of the the big memory of the quantum computer is resolving this one and zero, and they are now one. The quantum, yes, the quantum memory works with one and zero at the same time. And that's the way we have this huge capacity of uh, computing things. And I think our consciousness now is on the same thing that our normal consciousness can go there, can go and use his own already built up um, ability to see things not on the binary ways of thinking only. And that's it, it was amazing that he was talking about that because I think that the, the contacts with, that we have with the aliens, they are really trying to make us understand this oneness and the oneness is the answer of the binary, because what is not binary is one. And that's it. This is all the, the story inside of that. Yeah, that, and that's your whole book, is your whole book is that message that, yes. that sums up the message of oneness. The way I describe it often is um, everything that you would consider to be evil in the modern world is created by one thing and one thing only, the mistaken belief in separation. That if you yeah. understand everything is together, all the evil disappears. So w what do you say to Lou Elizondo in terms of, he's talking about this is maybe a reality, and then he goes into the threat. Like if it's interdimensional, but it still could be a threat. So w what did you think when you, when you heard him still pushing? Is that just the military-industrial complex? Or the military mind thinking everybody's an enemy, everybody's a threat? Or what did you think about that? Because it seemed like he was inspired, and then he went back to the binary thing again. I mean, you you versus me thing. Yes. You know, it's it's only my humble opinion, because I'm, I'm not inside this uh, um, government, uh, security, defense world like you do. But what I felt is that he's doing the two ways of keeping his keep keeping the government um, uh, doing the right thing that they should do in one side the government have to have money to continue to examine and understand this phenomenon yeah and a straight way to get uh, money for that is it, if it's a it's a threat, yeah. So we they have to keep it. On the other hand, on the other end, he understand the real rabbit hole of this of this thing. That I believe that the government doing hard work to solve it, and they are not talking yet about that because of two things. One thing that they are not completely understand that. 
yeah. probably. The other things is that the alien, aliens themselves don't do it for us. Because the main thing is that we, the people, will understand it uh, themselves. Because the most important thing is us as humanity to start to think different by themselves, not because someone will tell him that. You know, like now, like many things, like uh, the religion is going to say to you what is good and what is bad. But it's not enough. The real religion is when you understand it yourself and you choose it. So it won't be so much uh, effective if the aliens going to say that to us suddenly or the government. It has to come from us. And that he hinted 10 times in this uh, interview with her. He tell her, you know, you are doing the, the, the real thing that should be, that you, it should be done. It's not in the hands of the government. It's the hand of you talking about that and trying to understand that, going deep and give the hard questions. And this is the thing. The hard questions going to start giving us the answers for ourselves, and then we choose it. To un- we choose the answer. Not, not no one else t- that uh, will teach us. Uh, we're going to see it ourselves. We're going to experience it. How much of yours did you figure out, like in terms of you were given sort of a hint, you had this encounter in the early 80s, and they sort of put you on the track, but you were the one that sort of tried to put all the pieces together and and put it in a book and figure it out. So is, is that, are, are there people getting help like you? Do you think that they're, that's what the, the whole intelligence is about? Because I, I sort of, I'm do, actually about to do a lecture called The Theory of Wow, where they just they just sort of waking up a couple of people. They're just getting you to think where you realize, like, something's wrong here. We've got something wrong. That they're giving you hints, but they're really not figuring it out for you, that they're still going to make us do the work, right? Yes, yes. Are you talking about the aliens or the government? Yeah, the aliens, yeah, or whoever they yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that the, in my contact, it was I was fortunate that I had the contact in two in these two ways of of consciousness in in one hand they made the contact with me without the body when i was out of my body so i could understand the the their consciousness without interfering of my body and my binary thinking and then when i woke up I, I, I was connected to, to their consciousness with my body, with my binary thinking. And what ends from that, that I could compare with those, these two ways of consciousness. And it makes me a little bit understand how we interact with, with, the, with, with our, our, our consciousness that, he, that we are now living in these two ways. I mean, the ordinary consciousness that we have in the day by day and the, the high consciousness or the, the visionary way of high consciousness. And we are trying now to combine with them, the left brain, 
the left brain and the right brain. And I think that they're doing it for many people. And uh, probably I believe that the government have many people that uh, have uh, experiences and they are probably uh, get get help from them because, you know, the the hundreds of thousands of people have contact. They probably um, um, have knowledge more than we know from those people that probably um, help them to contact with the contact that with the experiences that they have. And they think that we, they are listening to us, you know, Elizondo told that very straightforward. We listen to what you say. We listen to what the UFO, he didn't say UFO commu community, but he mean that the UFO, UFO community is dealing with the thing that they are waiting for them to talk about that. And I think we all do that now together, the government in his, his own mysterious way. And we, uh, and, and in the end, it's, it's all combined together and we all gonna probably start to realize what's going on. Yeah, I think that's what people sometimes forget is that intelligence agencies don't get stuff from God or just fall out of the sky. They get it from the people around them. They watch the people and just gather the stories. They're, they're not, they don't have any inspirational information. Let me ask you a question about um, where do you think, because you know I always quote your, your statement about the, uh, the beings, we take on whatever body we want when we come in, we really don't need a body, that sort of thing. So let me ask you in terms of all this interdimensional stuff, um, I'm doing an interview on Wednesday with, um, this is the third time I've been contacted by beings. They want an interview. And these, they, they call themselves the beings. They're out of Great Britain. And they're into this whole idea that there is no out there, out there. Like the John Wheeler said, it's a participatory universe. There's no out there, out there. It's all within yourself. And that's what these beings are, are, are about as well. So let me ask you in terms of your experience, because you had a pretty good experience and a lot of time to think about it. What do you think, what do you think is there an interdimensional thing or are they coming across time and space? Are they actually aliens? Did they tell? Did you ask the get a question as to where are you from and this sort of thing? Can you go through that because that's the whole question that we go to next. Once we realize it's not what we think it is, then we got to figure out like what are we really dealing with. So let me ask you, what do you think based upon your long experience? Yes, yes. The the, the answer for me was in started in the contact itself. When I sort of telepathically asked them from where you came, and they told me we came from an other dimension. Now, on, when I was 21, I didn't know even the, the idea or the, the understanding of other dimension. Yeah. And the, the, the answer other dimension was my human way of translating their answer. Now the answer is much more deeper than that, but because I I was concentrated on really trying to understand what they meant by the experience, I now understand that it's uh, it looked very 
very um, complicated, but it's actually um, not so complicated, but it's hard to digest. What I mean by that is that uh, the other dimension is a place that it's uh, it's not a, a time and space that we know. And because the time and space and the reality we know, the scientists uh, told us that it begins in the Big Bang. Bang. This is the starting of our uh, universe. And they don't talk what was before of that, or this Big Bang, where it happened, in what. So uh, Werner Heisenberg, I think, himself told that what was before the time and space of our reality, of physical reality, after the Big Bang, was other dimension. This is the real meaning of other dimension. It's a place that is not in our familiar way of measuring our um, reality from our five senses. That all the computers and the science, um, science instruments are only ways of um, our uh, senses to be much more good, but in the same field of our senses. Good, I mean, uh, watching a better way, hearing better way. But now, <clears throat> this other dimension, when, when the quantum world was revealed, it revealed the other dimension that it's in the very small point of matter. I mean, the, 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 the quantum world is not working in our physical, ordinary way. It's totally different rules. And totally different rules is actually at the dimension, like the dimension that was before our physical dimension. So th this is the connection. Now, the other connection is that the other dimension is really, if you look from the physical point of view, is a very, very small point in the physical world. It's the inner physical world. The inner, the, the much smaller than physical that can be measured. And that place have no, no time and no space. You can understand what's going on there only, mathemat uh, only by mathematic, uh, quantum mathematic uh, uh, calculating. And, uh, and this is the connection. Now, the, that's why the other dimension is not a different place, because it's the the smallest particle of matter. And all of our matter is made by small particles of the atom. So what it means is that our physical dimension is, is into that big dimension, the other dimension that include us. And the aliens came from there. 
and uh, now we can we you can go to this rabbit hole very very deep because <laughs> what happened when we got uh, out of our body is going to that dimension when we go out of our five senses and we still have our own consciousness that is connected to that dimension people uh, tell that they saw a tunnel and that tunnels go to the light and the other tunnels they see this world of oneness and they think that the world of oneness the quantum world and the other side of the tunnel is the same place only us when we try to talk about that we talk about it from our duality binary brain that it's hard for him to it's hard for him to understand it it's like a contradiction for him the, our brain is really struggling to understand how come time can be in a one place or or there is no space yeah. it's hard it's very hard for us to understand it but this is the reality that that is the the nature in that dimension and when we go there and see the angels we see the light we feel god there and we go back and trying to tell what's going on there we have to give a translation of things and we say god and we say angels and this is the way we talk about this uh, oneness and we feel love there and god and this is really what's going on there this is the basic this is the source of our reality the same thing that we talk about god he is the source he is the the basis of our reality we live by him this is the one now let me ask you um it would I always the other thing i point out with with your story is how they left i think it was a prime example that sort of destroys the view of what we really think like they didn't walk out of the door get in a flying saucer and fly off into the sky uh, and i want so can you for people on my podcast maybe some people who have never heard the story of how they left which i think is very significant and one related question were you still out of your body when they left or were you back in your body when they left no no i was already back in my body okay the the situation the situation that i was out of my body was very short and all of the real real uh, connection that was very significant for me was when i was wake up with my eyes open and sitting on the bed okay and uh, the the thing about how they left first of all how they how i it i mean i want to express the thing that they came to be physical and went out of the, this physical dimension and before they they left i saw that couple of them was really enjoying being in a physical body it was new for them <laughs> really it was very very funny because yes. one of them was trying to walk on the floor on the carpet and he was he was like like a duck walking and laughing and that reminds me my child that he started to walk his first steps yeah, yeah, yeah. that he was 
enjoying and laughing the ability to do that, he was the same. Wow. So he had the experience to be in a body. And it was amazing for him. It was amazing. Interesting. And, and, I, and they felt, I mean, they were touching the things in the, in the room. They, they were touching the paper and crumbling and hearing sounds. And it was a very marvelous um, experience for them to be and feel the physical world. It's interesting because I just uh, interrupt you for a second because Chris Bledsoe tells the same story. His son, Chris Bledsoe Jr., if you heard the story where he, they've got him pinned down in, in the forest. One is looking at him. As long as the being is looking at him, he can't move. And he said they were in the fire pit and they were picking up beer bottles and cans and they were looking at them. And I always wondered, not until you express this now, why they would do that. Like you think they would know what a tin can is. But maybe they've never been in the physical body, and they're just so fascinated with this world, and they're picking up stuff out of this out of this fire pit that people have left junk, and they're they're sort of enjoying this sort of experience. So it's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is uh, they were very they are very happy from being uh, in a physical world, and and they were very curious. I I remember that they were touching things. And, and, you know, uh, experiencing this body, now not all of them, probably a couple of them were really experienced with that, yeah. but two of them were really amazed, like children. That, And this is, you know, they, it made me think that being in a physical body is a really a opportunity for us. It's not an easy thing to be in a physical body. I think it's a... It's a real present that we got from the other side to experience body and to learn and to to understand things from physical body. Yeah. Now the the way that they went was very very amusing and uh, at the beginning I was in shock from that and it was so weird that I thought. I was not sure that I'm I'm watching a real thing that is going on in front of my eyes because what they done, they went to the end of the room and stand in a circle and holding hands to each other. So they be, like becoming one with with even with their physical body because in their consciousness they're, they're, they have been one all the time. They are aware of each other totally. Yeah. But now when they hold hands, like they took the physical physical body of them to be one too. Okay. And in a way of their consciousness, they did something that I saw that they are started to walk in a circle very fast. And, and this, this uh, walk became to be so fast that they became a, a, a circle of light, very fast light, that is uh, turning all the time, spinning. It's a, a circle of light spinning and become to be transparent. And uh, as much as the speed becomes stronger, they started to become small, to be a point of small white light, and then it became so small that it depends from my eyes. I could I could really like 
see how they went out of the physical world that my eyes can see. So what I understood from that, that they, that they went to the smallest thing that we can measure in our physical world. And this is probably the, the other dimension that they came from. You, you, you saw the video that I sent you of Chris Bledsoe. This video was taken a couple of days ago where the object goes in behind the tree. Did, did I send you that? I, I saw the, this light behind the tree. Yeah, it this goes behind the tree. Now watch, watch it again and watch how it leaves. It's exactly what you're describing. It's there. It gets smaller, smaller, smaller. It doesn't fly away. It just gets smaller, smaller until it's a point of light and then it's gone. It, it's almost like it's going into a portal or something. It just, it's exactly what you're describing. It starts as a big thing. It gets smaller, 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 and it's sitting in the same spot, but it just gets smaller and, and it's gone. It was one object or a couple of objects? The one object. The one object. After it passes the tree, it goes out into the middle of the sky and it sort of gets big. And then just watch it. It sits in the same spot and it just goes like this, gets smaller like that, and, it wow. and it's gone. And that's why I was sort of in, in uh, had it as going into like a portal. But when you describe this now, it's, just, it's exactly what that thing did. If you take a look at that video that Chris said, that object, exactly what it did. Yes, and, and maybe, you know, the portal is, is really the point of the border between this other dimension and our dimension. The pro the, maybe the portal is, is a meaning, is something that we use, a word, for that point of change. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the, the Einstein, uh, the relativity of Einstein said the same. If you take an object and you move in fast, close to the uh, speed of light, it becomes small. Yeah. Really, it becomes small till it disappears. And this is the, the same thing. You know, it, it probably there is a connection between them. Wow. And from that relativity uh, science is born the quantum science, is born from that. And it continues to develop and to understand what's going to to understand what's going on there. Now, you you and I and probably a bunch of other experiencers picked up on what Lou Elizondo said. Do you think this is going to make any headway? Do you think the girl even knew what what he was talking about, or because you know most people are into uh, you know what color they are, how fast are they moving, stuff like that. Do you think this is going to make a uh, or is it going to take another few hints before people catch on uh, as to what's going on? Because we know most people are still in the nuts and bolts thing. Well, uh, unfortunately, it's 40 years now that I'm, <laughs> what, you know, <laughs> I was amazed that from the change that happened suddenly in this two years that gave me the courage to talk about that. But, you know, many years you cannot talk about that. Only small groups of people were... So, uh, I, I think it's, it's uh, things are changing, and maybe it's going to be certain mass, ma mass of people, mass of people that going to think about it, talk about it, and then it's going to spread for many, many other people, because probably this is the way it's going to it's going to happen, you know. It was very slow till now, and now it's be become faster. And then it's it going to get to a certain mass that it's going to open for 
many people. And, and I think uh, you and I probably have to help, uh, thank Lou Elizondo because you can tell the story, I could tell the story, and everybody goes, yeah, whatever, you know, who cares? You know? yeah. Lou Elizondo <laughs> tells the story, and they go, what, 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 what? Or the government, almost like, remember when the New York Times did the story, then everybody believed it because it was some authority actually telling the story rather than Yossi or Grant telling the story. They're just, you know, a bunch of, you know, farmer guys who don't yeah. know anything. So I think we have to sort of actually thank Lou Elizondo for sort of pointing people in the right direction. It may take a little while, but I think this is encouraging to me. Are you really encouraged by what you saw in that interview? Totally, totally. That's why I, I the first <laughs> thing I did is write you a mail about that, you know. <laughs> and, but, and it's amazing. Yeah, we both picked up exactly the same thing. And <laughs> I, when I was looking at it, I'm going, wow, I couldn't believe it. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, th I, I think that the, another thing that we have to consider is that when you watch the Elizondo and, and, and the government behavior in front of us in this phenomenon, they are going forward and backwards in yeah. opening. Yeah. And so, uh, first of all, we don't have to be... Um, uh, feeling down if you know a week in forward they're gonna be the government gonna split uh, um, a knowledge that uh, they have the ET technology it's not ET te technology it's the US force that have this technology and they're gonna use it for threaten other countries and they're gonna use it for the army and UFO people going to be, you know, embarrassed. I think it should be, it could be. We don't have to be afraid from that because right months or two after that, they're going to, it's going to be observed that they got this te technology from other, from these ETs, um, UFOs that they found. You understand what I mean? Yeah, 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 sure. They are going back and forward, so it's okay. This is the way they control it, yeah. and they give us bit by bit, and and looking the community how they react for that. Are they uh, are they expect ex um, taking it good, or they get confused, or they get afraid, or they get panic? You know, they they're doing it in very very wise way, I think. Or the only way that they can do it for us to to digest it. Yeah, beautiful. And I'm sure they'll probably now be watching you and I and saying, "Oh, they they figured it out." And everybody will be watching the video. I actually contacted. I don't know if I told you this in the pre-show. I actually contacted. You know, I've followed Ron Pendolfi around for many many years. Mm -hmm. And Ron Pendolfi, the, I always say the biggest question in ufology is not what are UFOs? The biggest question is, what's Ron Pendolfi doing? Like, what's he actually doing? What's he, what's he up to? And he's always hinted at this thing of the portal, always. And he said, all the rest of this is, this is techno scam. They're just trying to scam people, money out of the government and stuff like this is all garbage. But he, he keeps hinting at the portal thing. So I actually went to an associate of his, and this is before Lou Elizondo did the, the interview, because as you know, there's, I don't know if you've heard, there's a big portal incident happened last August at Mount Shasta with nine witnesses and hundreds of beings. And I've got the story. I've talked to three of the witnesses. And so I went to one of Ron Pandolfi's associates and I said, don't you think it's time uh, you did the uh, portal interview now? 
And he came back and said, yeah, it's about time this got out. And I went, whoa. What's that? But what yeah. he wanted in exchange was he wanted the witnesses from the portal incident at Mount Shasta and me to do a TV show. But the thing is that there's one of the people that's involved knows about the CIA connection, and there's no way they're going to – they said, no way. We're not doing anything. If it's got to do with the government or Ron Pandolfi – and I said, so I had to contact the guy back and I said, I can't deliver. I can't deliver what, you know, these witnesses to you. Um, but um, so that's where it was. They were going to do the interview. They were actually going to do an interview on what they knew or what this guy knew. Now, maybe he doesn't know as, as much as the government, but we're sort of at the, I think at the, maybe the crossing point where um, we, we, we we're going to learn about this. So let me ask you a last question. Do you think this helps the world? Do you think, this because you know the world's in a lot of trouble. You got the same thing in Israel. We got in Canada. We got in the United States. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of the binary thinking in terms of politics and uh, you know colors of people and races and stuff like that. Do you think that this has got a chance to save us, or what do you where do you think this is going to go? Yes, I think really, really, this is the 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 only way that we can uh, achieve. Uh, a way to go beyond this problem of polarity that we have now. Because the polarity became to a situation that, you know, uh, half of uh, countries, of people in countries, have started to be in um, conflict with the other half. It's, it's, it's a very... And <clears throat> it seems that the... the maybe the only way that the world going to be the humanity can achieve uh, a way to struggle with that is that each person, person, each human started to develop his own ability to see beyond this binary thinking. Yeah. So it's, it's something very private for each one of us. It's, I don't think that someone else can teach us about that maybe people can speak about that like we do we talk about that and they can read books because there are a lot of ways uh, there are a lot of uh, wise books and religious and yeah. that talk about this duality non-duality and people will have to start to realize that with themselves and then it's going to be probably a cure for the problem. So the cure is uh, really depends on each one of us pr very privately. Very, it's a very personal thing that each one of us have to do it with himself and then combine yeah. with joint forces and, and started to change the way the, the things going on now. Well, thank, thank you for coming forward because, I mean, you had a story that was sort of on the edge and i know what it's like it's a little tough to sort of become public there's a little bit of help in that we're getting some support now from media and stuff like that and yeah. i just another question just occurred to me we talked about this a little bit before you had this high rank ranking israeli guy come out just yes. recently do you think this is tied in with what he was saying because he seemed to drop the same sort of bomb do you, do you think there's a? I guess there would be coordination between Mossad and and the intelligence in the United States. So, have you got any further developments on what this Israeli guy was saying, or have they discounted the whole thing? Well, uh, you know, the same. I'm not uh, into the 
nuts, of, nuts and balls of this uh, world. Uh, but um, uh, he is a very um, respectable scientist and, uh, in Israel. So when he say what he says, he made a, a very strong vibe in Israel for people to start to talk about that. Yeah. And then he sit back and that's it. He didn't do any other thing. <laughs> It's like everywhere. You know, they go forward a little bit and go back and let us doing the work. Yeah. yeah. I, I sometimes refer to it as like, um, if you see the cat laser videos, They take the, the, the laser and the cats are chasing that and then they just move yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of like what we're doing, you know, they just a little bit, a little poke, a little push. Uh, but yeah. I think we are making headway. I mean, I've been at it since 1975 and I always try to express to people, you have no clue what it was like in 1975. I mean, you think this is what it was like. There's no way. I mean, you would be scared even to say you had a UFO sighting. Forget about it. You talk to an alien and an alien. No. It's just like a total different world than it was in 1975. We have made progress, I think. Totally, totally, yeah. Well, thank you very much for this. I, I'll, I will put this uh, podcast out, and then I'll put out probably on my podcast, I'll put out the audio of some of the other interviews we did uh, so that people, because now people will be sort of inter more interested in your story. Uh, we'll promote the book, and uh, people will catch on that maybe this guy is, is one of the guys that we should be listening to, You may, even get a, you may even get a contact from Mossad. You never know. They may want to talk to you. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much, Yossi. I really appreciate, especially the stuff that you provided me, which I think is, uh, I call it one of the top 10 UFO encounter stories of all times. I mean, in terms of what it teaches us, what's going on, your encounter is one of the top 10 in terms of, uh, uh, you know, giving us answers to what, what actually may be going on here. So I appreciate your sharing with me. And I'll do whatever I can to promote your book and your story. Okay. And you're still working on the second book. When do you think that'll be out? No, it's going to take time. I'm very slow on that things, you know. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, no, we thank you, you very you much. Have, you may even have some more stuff. You can add some of the Lou Elizondo stuff in to your second <laughs> book and, and tie it in. So thank you very thank much. You. Thank you, Grant, very much. Beautiful. Bye-bye. That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books, and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know. Until next time, watch this space, and thank you so much for listening.